Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yes, first edition of the Supercoach 365 podcast where we're going to take a look at uh, each of the 16 teams ahead of the 2021 NRL season. My name is Ryan Selvage, joined by fellow Supercoach tragic enthusiast, whatever you want to call him, Tommy Hudson. Tommy, how are you? Great, mate. Yeah, it's, it's been a long summer of uh, COVID and cricket, but uh, as someone who's watched nearly every game of footy since I was five and someone who lives and breathes Supercoach all week long, uh, I'm really excited to get back into the footy. I guess the beauty of this off-season, though, it's, it's going to be a shorter one because this, you know, Origin only wrapped up in November. So for footy lovers like ourselves and everyone else hopefully listening to this, it's uh, not as bad as perhaps it once was. Yeah, exactly. It hasn't been a long wait since, uh, since State of Origin and we get into the trials pretty soon, so it, it's almost all systems go already. Now, I reckon we're going to break this up into four lots of four teams. So we might start at the bottom, the teams that, um, on paper at least, have the most room for improvement. So uh, heading that list is the Brisbane Broncos and finishing 16th last year, obviously a disappointing year by their standards and defensively at least, they conceded 624 points. They finished the year with four and against of minus 356 and I guess for super coach players, that means you generally targeted teams playing against the Broncos last year. Yeah, exactly. You, you looked at the draw and you thought if the Roosters are playing the Broncos, you'd load up on Roosters players. Honestly, they were a massive target in the game. But in terms of their chances in 2021, I think if you're a Broncos fan, you have to be somewhat optimistic. They can't go any worse than last year. Uh, Kevin Walters is a club and state legend, so you'd have to think he's a positive impact on them. And really, like last year was rock bottom. So many things went wrong off the field, so you have to be optimistic going into this year, I think. Yeah, you listen to players, even former players, and um, they just speak about that the Broncos just didn't hold that fear. Teams didn't fear going to Suncorp. So see how that plays out in 2021. 
Uh, from a super coach perspective, though, some some big movements in the off season and not all good ones for the Broncos. Uh, Payne Haas, probably their best player from a super coach perspective, he's found himself in a bit of hot water, and uh, some question marks over whether he will be available to start the season. Uh, news this morning coming through that his court date will be settled for February two, so a couple of days time, and uh, we'll know a better picture or have a better idea as to if he'll be included in the Broncos team for round one. Yeah, well, that's obviously massive news for super coaches and the Broncos alike. Obviously, statistically, last year he was on fire in the front row position. He's really the first person you'd have to pick in that role in classic competitions. But uh, the only question mark, other than the court case, would be whether or not he's a bit burnt out and if he's going to play 80 minutes again. But as a whole, he's probably the first person you pick. Hopefully, for the Broncos and super coaches, he are. He's all good off the field and he can take part this year. $668,000. I think he's the most expensive front row. Um, is he worth the money, do you think? If you look at the stats of all the front rowers across the game, he probably is. He was head and shoulders above them. If he plays big minutes again this year in a team which I think personally will go a lot better, um, I think he's worth the money, yeah. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. is the second most expensive player in that front row position or if he's not the second most he's definitely right up there so second most second yes. most uh and if there's talk that he's going to play in uh the middle of the field this year and that could um i guess play out even more so if Haas is missing those first few rounds just more chances for him to get suspended <laughs> yeah he loves it doesn't he well that's a big query you know do you tie up that money in someone who's not even guaranteed to play more than half the season yeah i was surprised at how good his numbers were last year because there was a lot of negative uh talk around him given off-field uh, issues and whatnot, but look, his numbers did speak for them, themselves. But I, I, I couldn't take a risk on him again. He's too—he's too much of a hothead. Of course, we're talking here um, primarily off uh, the previews which we've written. You can check them out at our website, supercoach365.com.au, if you haven't already. Uh, Pangai Junior was one uh, under our category worth a second thought. So too was Corey Oates. Now he is at a reduced price given his pretty average 2020 season at two hundred and forty-five thousand dollars or thereabouts. Is he even worth a consideration? This guy used to be a super coach gun. He was just so consistent in that center wing slot. Yeah, he was coming through. He looked like he was going to be anything on the wing. His dual uh, position this year in both second row and uh, center three quarter, but I'm not sure. Is he going to play in the starting team? Is there any sort of certainty around that? Because that has to be a massive consideration. Yeah, you look at NRL.com's predicted team. I don't even think he made... The He's on the bench. On. Oh, on the bench. Yeah. It's, it's just an odd one, though. I wouldn't carry a winger turned back row on the bench. Well, he's got the body to be in the back row, but... He's not someone. You'd, he's pretty cheap. I suppose that's the only selling point for him. But I'd be going around him. Plenty of other question marks regarding the Broncos one to five, particularly the Jermaine Asako Tessie News situation. How does that play out? And uh, NRL.com actually had New beating out Asako for that fullback role. But from all reports since. Uh, that you know that list was published. I don't think that'll be the case. And I've seen a photo of Jermaine training in the off season. He looks a real specimen. And uh, for super coaches, uh, a little detail: he was actually kicking goals in the photo that he posted. So not only is he looking fit and ready to go, he's, he retains that um, all important goal kicking role. We went through that period, might have been twenty nineteen, where he was a gun, wasn't he? He was lots of point scoring. He was kicking field goals from memory as well. So I'd I'd go with him at the back. Tessie New obviously looks to play with potential, but I think the Broncos need a bit more stability going into this year, and Asako's a little bit more experienced, so I'd run with him from a supercoach point of view. He's fairly cheaply priced, so it's one you could consider. The only downside, I guess, to having Asako is he is probably that picture of inconsistency which 
typifies what the Broncos were last year. Um, moving on, though, season predictions. How does, how does the Broncos' season play out? And, you know, the question marks over their halves again. Uh, I just can't see the Broncos improving enough from what we saw in 2020 to go ahead and make the top eight. Uh, top eight would be a big stretch, but as I said at the start, I, I don't think they can't go any worse. I think they'll go a lot better. The biggest signing for them is the coach. I think it'll just improve the whole culture of the club. Uh, their four-pack is pretty good. Lots of young backs. A lot will hinge on uh, Anthony Milford if he can rediscover some form. I do think from a super coach perspective, he is a decent buy. Just purely how cheap he is. If you go back a few years, he was one of the better halves options in the game. And mm. this year he's cheaper than Brodie Croft. So yeah. that speaks for itself. Obviously, you're taking a risk with him because he could get 10 one week and 100 the next, but mm. maybe worth a go. I think it's, yeah, you make a good point there because he's only about $50,000 more expensive than Matt Moylan, who everyone's looked to include um, to start the season because of that injury to Sean Johnson. And we'll get to the Sharks later on. But he was crawled by injury a little bit last year. But speaking, I guess, looking at his wider career as a whole, he hasn't really had that many serious injuries that I can remember at least. And he is uh, one of those players that has. A very high ceiling. It's just he's bottom out. You know that he's one of those players that can be on two or five points at half time. Yeah, well, he just he just typified Brisbane last year. Really, they just looked like they had no confidence at all. Hopefully, uh, Kevin Walters can bring that to the team, and I think he'll he'll be, he'll be the sort of player to really improve this year. Yeah, we said uh, in our preview, if there is one man who is able to unlock the Milford Code, it is, or perhaps it could be Kevin Walters, a five-time Premiership winning number six with the Broncos himself. The Bulldogs come into the 2021 season after years of disappointment, really. Uh, fans will be hoping that the new coach in Trent Barrett and some exciting signings in uh, Nick Cottridge and Corey Allen can change their fortunes. Ryan, do you see this happening? Yeah, I can. I can see them improving. I don't think that they've signed well enough or deep enough to go into the top eight, um, as they'll be hoping for. But you mentioned some signings there. Kyle Flanagan, another one. Jack Hetherington brings some firepower up front. Um, so, yeah, I mean, reason to be excited for the Doggies fans, but whether or not they can make that, that next big jump into the top eight, um, they've got a long, lot of ground to make up. Yeah, Kyle Flanagan, as you mentioned, remiss of me not to mention him. He is probably the key to it. They've really lacked some halves options in the past couple of years. And uh, under Trent Barrett, who was a half himself, it'll be interesting to see how he can steer the team around. Uh, we'll go into some must-have players if you... If you can really apply that title to the Bulldogs, no offence to Bulldogs fans listening out there. Those, uh, don't be too hard on the Bulldogs. <laughs> I, don't, I have a soft spot for them. They try hard. We wrote about Raymond Fatala Mariner in our team preview on our website, supercoach365.com.au. Uh, if we're going to go with anyone as a must-have from the Bulldogs, I think Raymond Fatala Mariner fits the mould. Fairly cheaply priced. He's a pretty reliable performer despite his team's lack of success last year. Do you see him as a buy this year? Yeah, he's sort of one of those players that flies under the radar a little bit because he is playing at a club like the Bulldogs. Scores consistently well, um, plays big minutes as well. He, I think he averaged around 70 minutes last year with a 48 base. So um, some good signs there if you're playing for Taylor Mariner in terms of a classic perspective. He was really one of those players that stood out in draft competitions because you didn't want to come up against uh, you know, the team that had Taylor Mariner, not because he could often have, you know, 100 points scores or more, but you just knew what you were going to get from him. So um, one to include definitely if, you, uh, if you're drafting. Um, and he's, again, one of those players that can kind of just slip the mind early on, so you can probably pick him up later on in a draft competition. And there's a good chance he can improve this year with perhaps a better halves pairing. He was playing outside the likes of Brandon Wakeham and Lachlan Lewis last year and 
no disrespect to those guys, but I think this year they set up a lot stronger, so he could be a beneficiary of that. Yeah, you look at his scores when he does score a try, though, uh, and he is one of those back rowers that, that can find a hole and can find the try line. Here's his super coach scores when he did score a try last year. I'm just having a quick look here, so bear with me. Uh, 89, 106, 85, 90, and 86. So, again, some uh, extra creativity in the halves this year with Flanagan coming from the Roosters and Averello, another year older and wiser. Um, those scores can be more consistent probably in, in 2021. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think, yeah, with the team probably expected to go better, if he can produce some of those scores, he's going to look like a real value option. In terms of anyone else who you could really look to include, Josh Jackson isn't a spectacular player, but if you're just looking for someone, particularly in draft, just to do a job and churn out 50 to 55 a game, he's probably your man. Yeah, he's one of those players, a bit like Boyd Cordner as well, at the Roosters, who do their job on an edge, can come in and take some tough carries in the middle if their team needs it. Um, and yeah, he's been doing it for years, Josh Jackson. So you'd expect that to continue on in 2021 as well. And um, other players, again, if you're looking in terms of consistency, well, we just don't really know with the Bulldogs because there are so many changes there and you know, in key positions as well in, in the spine. I think they have three new players, or at least Avarello will shift from that utility center wing role into the 5-8th role primarily, or so we're expecting him to do so. So it's a bit of a, uh, a look on from afar and a wait and see with the Bulldogs. Yeah, one of those players that looks like he's shifting position in 2021 permanently, at least, is Will Hopawadi going to play in the centres with the uh, signing of Corey Allen. And if you do have a look at his numbers, he did only average 45 last year in 2020 while playing at fullback. But when he moved to the centres, when he was sorry, when he was in the centres in 2019, he averaged 57. So that does bode well for his uh, chances this year, and he's very cheaply priced, and he's dual position uh, eligible. And again, he was an Origin player when he was 18 years old. So you know, he's obviously a talent, but Again, he's kind of not hit those heights again. I think he went on a Mormon mission in 2011 or just after the grand final with Manly. Um, he's come back. He's, he's one of those consistent players that can do a job, and he's still only 28 years old. I think we often forget that as well with Hopawati. He kind of just He's just been a name for so long in the game. Uh, also playing centre wing this year, or playing in the centres this year, I should say, for the Bulldogs, is former Raider Nick Cottridge. And as a Raiders fan, Tommy, you must be disappointed to lose an origin-level player in Cottridge to the Bulldogs. Yeah, it is very disappointing. I... They did pay top dollar for him, but he, he has obviously great potential. And the big selling point for him this year is the fact he's moving into the centres. Um, if you look at him, his physique, he has the body of a centre. He's got the body of a prop forward. <laughs> his arms are bigger than my head. Great, great body, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's going to really enjoy having more involvement and getting his hands on the footy more. So he's pretty cheap because his average last year wasn't that good. So really, if he can, if the Bulldogs can perform well... He's likely to go a lot better than his 49 average in 2020. Why do you think that average dropped last year? Because the Raiders, again, they, were, well, they weren't a top four team as they were in 2019, but they weren't a horrible team. I think it's just more about Cottridge. Uh, personally, he just didn't get that involved, really. Mm. Um, but I think, obviously, moving to the centre this year, he's going to have to be more involved. So, and I think that, that'll turn him into a better player. I think I did some reading as well. There was only four players to bust more than 100 tackles last year. James Tedesco obviously headed that list with 139, but Nick Cottridge was right behind him with 126. So, um, again, a damaging outside back in a new team with some more creative halves. You think bigger things ahead for Nick Cottridge this season? Yeah, well, I did say they paid top dollar for him, but if he turns out to be a, a gun centre, well, it's going to look like a bargain in a couple of years' time. As far as uh, the Bulldogs' season prediction goes... As much as I want them to do well, I, I can't see them making the eight. They might avoid the spoon again, but just 
purely on their roster and its ability, it's hard to see them, I guess, challenging the better teams this year. Would you agree? Yeah, again, I probably think that they're... I mean, they've got a lot of ground to make up. You look at the teams around them, the Cowboys and the Broncos, who finished above them and below them, respectively. Teams like Manly, I think that they'll improve this year, and we'll get to those uh, those guys in, in just a moment's time. But the Bulldogs, the one thing that they do have on their side is heart. They try hard in every game. And I haven't looked at the, the numbers specifically, but the amount of games that they lose by 6 to 8 to 10 points, I'd say would be higher or more than the teams like the Broncos and the Cowboys around them. So... Um, Barrett, a new coach, he's taken Manly to the finals on a couple of occasions from memory. I think I think they'll improve, but whether or not, again, they can make that big leap into the top eight, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Up next, the North Queensland Cowboys, who had a very disappointing 2020 by their standards, and particularly you look at the big names in their roster, um, they'll be hoping for a lot of improvement this season. Yeah, it was really disappointing, actually. I, I had them coming top eight last year with players like Val Holmes, Tam Lalo, and Michael Morgan in the setup. Uh, coming into 2021 with a new coach, as so many of these bottom teams are, it'll be interesting to see what Todd Payton can do to uh, spark them into life. Yeah, and I think he's he's come from systems where they do like playing attacking footy. I think he was obviously the assistant turn uh, head coach at the Warriors last year, and he did a pretty good job there, and he turned them into an entertaining team. Obviously, he was a member of that successful West Tigers uh, premiership side back in 2005, and I guess he's plied his trade along the way. He's finally an NRL head coach, and he's got a, a handy enough roster. It's not, it's not a top four roster on paper, definitely not, but do you see them challenging for those bottom places in the top eight if everything goes their way? Well, they have potential too. Val Holmes at the back, who at his best, was arguably the best fullback in the game for a period there. Michael Morgan has a lot more ability than he showed last year, and Jason Tamuello was the best forward in the game. So you've got three great players there. Around them, the talent isn't that deep, you'd have to say. Um, but Todd Payton last year, he made his name from, made a name for himself as a coach, guiding the Warriors nearly to the finals, despite all the adversity that they had. So, look, they have their chance this year. They might fall just short of the eight, but I think they'll have a decent year. Do you think it was an attitude thing for the Cowboys? Because I know you mentioned those players there and say that there isn't the quality around them, but Josh Maguire and Origin Forward, Jordan McLean, he was on the cusp of Origin a couple of years ago. Reese Robson, he's not an elite hooker, but he's coming through. He's you know represented New South Wales at junior age levels, and then there's internationals there as well in uh, SN Masters and Kyle Felt. Um, you know would have been in the Queensland team last season if not for an injury at the back end of the year. So had Paul Green just rubbed these guys the wrong way and got them to a point where they just needed a new coach, they needed to hear that new voice. Yeah, possibly. He'd been there for a long time. They won a comp in 2015, and ever since then, they haven't really recaptured that sort of form. So, look, maybe they just needed a change of uh, change of leadership, and Todd Payton looks a good man to do that this year. So, in terms of on-field leaders, they'll obviously be looking towards uh, Jason Tamalolo again, and from a super coach perspective, so will a lot of players to start their teams um, before round one. He is um, he's an expensive player, but... I guess he justifies that price tag because his average is high. His minutes are pretty consistent throughout his career. And I think last year even, it's probably the one of the, not disappointing, but it wasn't his best season. And again, I think he was you know carrying some niggling injuries. So hopefully a preseason where he's been fit and, and training, uh, the Cowboys uh, leader, their main enforcer, will be able to, I guess, improve upon what he showed last year. Yeah, it was a bit worrying last year. I thought the amount of injuries he did have, 
I suppose the Cowboys not going that well themselves didn't really help his cause either. He probably wasn't too interested at the end of the year when they couldn't make the eight. Hence, he only played 45 minutes a game. But if you go back to the years prior, he was, for me anyway, the first person I'd pick and draft because you just knew you were probably going to get 70 every week at least. Yeah. So if he can recapture anywhere near that sort of form, he, he just has to go into your team pretty much. We look here and we wrote some notes for our previews on supercoach365.com.au. We obviously mentioned those injuries uh, and while we mentioned his minutes throughout his career remain relatively consistent, uh, he averaged 61 minutes per game last year, but his final four matches of the season he played on average just 45 minutes. So that might drive that price down a little bit at the start of the season. So we might even see a room for growth in terms of classic options in 2021 for Jason Tamalolo. Yeah, exactly. I, you have to think he will go better this year. With a new coach, he might be a bit more inspired and hopefully if he stays fit, he should play pretty big minutes again, and he, he may exactly he may be a value pick right now. He is one of those premier uh, two RF options. Uh, I think he's the fourth most expensive behind Cam McInnes, who obviously um, I think he picks up dual position this year with the hooking role. Angus Crichton, who had a career year at the Roosters, so that's justifiable his price. I think he'll go another year, and we'll get to that. Uh, in the Roosters uh, podcast in, in just a matter of moments. Uh, Ryan Madison, Mr. Consistent as well. I guess the thing that stood out for me with Tamalolo is, is his base, his production, 59 points per game in base, was actually better than Crichton and Madison last year. Yeah, well, it's it's a hot field, isn't it, for the second row spot. Uh, in classic, I guess you're going to probably pick at least two of those guys in your team if you can spare the money. In draft, you're probably only going to get one at best. Uh, so it's really a preference of who you want to pick, but Tamalo is right up there with those three options, in my opinion. Yeah, and again, I think as well as uh, what you get from Tamalolo in terms of his output, um, you know, you value that consistency just as much, if not even more, than the end score that you uh, that you end up with. Uh, looking broader at their roster, is there anyone else outside of uh, Val? And uh, actually, let's talk about Val. He's he's I think he's dual position this year because he did play a couple of games on the wing um, with. Uh, Hamaso, Tabuai, Fido, uh, when they kind of mixed it up towards the back end of the season. Um, ignore us while our phones go off here. Um, Popular. Is Val an even better option this year, second year up after his NFL exit, dual position, fair enough priced, 509k? Yeah, you'd like you'd like to think so. He did, as you said, he showed glimpses last year of his best uh, before he went to the NFL. Like Tamalolo, I think he may just benefit from the new coach, uh, a better environment up there. If the whole team goes better, he's going to be an integral part of that and he's going to get big scores. And with the dual position tag, he may well be actually a pretty good buy. And he does kick goals as well. So you're getting those points. And again, the Cowboys probably can't go much worse than what they did last year. Um, so if they're scoring more tries, Val's kicking more goals and he's probably setting up and scoring a couple of those tries as well. Uh, looking again broader at their roster, who else? Um, is there anyone else that we, you think we should be considering or avoiding um, to start the season? I have a rough, uh, a smoky, I guess you could say, Michael Morgan. Obviously a very popular and well-known player, but comes into the season very cheap after, it has to be said, a really ordinary 2020. I remember his first game back against the Gold Coast. I think he missed about five tackles. He just had a shocker. But <laughs> we all know he's a great player. Um Go back and watch the 2015 Grand Final if you need any more proof of that. That was a long time ago. But he's still not that old. He still has a lot of... Mate, I what think, about 2017? He pretty much carried them to a Grand Final. Exactly. He's still got it in him. Last year just didn't go to plan. He was injury riddled. The team was going no good. By the time he came back, they couldn't make the eight. So I think there's a lot of forgives there. He comes in very cheap uh, this year. 
and I think he's one to work. He's worth a value option for sure. So Reese Robson again in in that crucial hooking role. Compared to the top players in Supercoach, you look at Damian Cook. Obviously, Cameron Smith's still there, whether or not he plays again. Uh, Harry Grant is expensive. Uh, Cameron McInnes is expensive. But Reese Robson, his output last season, um, what you were getting back for the price that you cost up front, and obviously that price has risen this year to about $492,000. But he's one of those players that will probably play 55, 60 minutes, a point a minute. So not a bad option for draft players there. Yeah, I think you'd love to see... Jake Granville drop off the bench and he could play 80. I don't know if he's capable of doing that, but that would almost make him a good buy to me. Possibly when you know he's only going to play 60 minutes at hooker. There's lots of 80-minute hookers out there, so I don't know if I'd go for him, but he's one at least to monitor, yes. Uh, Creative options as well. Jake Clifford, he's there. Uh, Whether or not he will be there for the season, um, we'll have to wait and see. I think uh, he might look for an early exit to the Knights. Well, Scotty Drinkwater's also there. I had a soft spot for him last year. He made a lot of errors, I'd have to say, just basic handling errors, which was strange. But his attacking play was really good. He, he, like, I think he has great potential to be a, a really good attacking player for them. I'd have him at 5'8", personally, but what Peyton does, I don't know. You use that word potential. There is plenty of potential about the North Queensland Cowboys in 2021. In a word, do they make the top eight? No. However, I wouldn't write them off. I know that's not one word, but I'm sitting on the fence a little bit. But when you have players like Morgan, Tamalolo and Holmes, I don't think you can just rule a line through them. But they'd have to improve a lot on what they showed last year. And wrapping up, the first of our team preview podcasts is our preview of the Manly Warringah Seagulls. A lot of their chances in 2021 will come down to Tom Trevojevic and his fitness, obviously missing a lot of 2020. And large parts of years prior, uh, they've struggled when he's been out. Ryan, what do you do with Tommy T? I think uh, well, classic players at his price will probably seem as the best choice fullback, I think. Well, obviously James Tedesco is there, but in terms of his ceiling and his consistency, I think Tommy Turbo has to be considered as a... I don't know. I mean, injuries is obviously uh, a deterrent or a bit of a concern, but if he can get get to his best and, and stay fit, then on his day, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, fullback in the game. I know that's you know hard to say with um, James Tedesco in front of him, but his scores and I guess how crucial he is in this manly lineup, it, it speaks for itself. A hundred percent agree. Like he, I'm one of his biggest fans as a player. Um, when he's fit, that team is a genuine top eight team. When he's not, they're really no chance. Um, He's so influential to that side, and he's just such a great player, ball player, running. But at what point does he become not worth it? Like, will his injuries, is it a risk factor? Like, because he's had so many, does it mean he's more chance of having them this year? Does it work like that? I'm not a physio, but I I think, uh, well, I mean, definitely. You look at his hamstring, it's just one of those issues that keeps lingering on. Um, you know, season to season, which is not what you want if you're a Manly fan or a Tom Travojevic fan in terms of a super coach perspective. But at that price, $593,000 or thereabouts, I'll be honest, I had, when I first picked my classic team with the team picker, I went with um, Pappenhausen, that fullback, because he, you know, he's that Tedesco sort of mould, fast, breaks a tackle, backs up, scores tries. But, um, I just, I had to swap him out. I had to have, um, Travojevic in for round one because I think, at the price, I think he's got the most room to grow. And, uh, you know, obviously wrote some notes here in terms of, um, you know, the season previews for Manly as a whole. But looking at Travojevic's scores, if you take out that 12 points he scored last year against the Titans when he was obviously injured uh, in that game, he I think he averaged 
76 points per game. Um, and if you look at who all those scores came against, you look at his uh, 71 he scored against the Roosters, 62 against the Eels, who when he did score that, they were probably one of the best, if not the best defensive team in the competition. And the Raiders, who also finished uh, middle of that top eight uh, at the end of the season. So he's not doing it. He's not bending up on, on the smaller teams here, Tommy Turbo. So he does have that ability to, to go big and against the bigger teams. Yeah, absolutely. His ability is unquestionable. And at 250000 cheaper than Teddy, in classic, you're, you're right, he is a great option. I'd say, though, in draft competitions, personally, I'll be avoiding him just purely the fact that I've been burnt by him too many times now. Um, yeah. And if you lo- if he gets injured in draft, you can't just trade in someone of a similar ability. You're, you're, you're almost screwed, really, if you have him in your team. So he's a big risk, but it could be a big reward. It's a juggling act, isn't it? Because even though at that price, you look at who the Seagulls... Um, will line up against in the first two weeks of the competition. They've got the Roosters uh, away from home at the SCG. Uh, traditionally, in the last couple of years, at least for the Roosters, that's been a happy hunting ground. The Rabbitohs, who we think will be playing deep into finals footy. So immediately, again, I know I just said he scores well against the top teams, but to start the season, you're probably not going to get the hundreds out of Tom Travojevic, which you might often expect um, against... Um, not expecting to get 100, but he's obviously capable of getting 100 against good teams. They then meet the Dragons in round three, so he could go big right before the... Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> the price changes come in round four, I'm pretty sure. So, yes. Um, looking elsewhere in their spine, Daly Cherry Evans, I know he's um, held in high regard by yourself. Yeah, I personally think he's arguably the best seven, or maybe not better than Nathan Cleary, but he's right up there for me in terms of halfbacks in the game. On Supercoach... We've written not here nor there. We're not really selling him massively in our team preview on uh, supercoach365.com.au. He's the sort of player that he'll do a great job for you, I think. A lot of his success probably hinges on Tommy T playing because he's going to play with him and set up tries for him and whatnot. So you've got a bit of a risk there. But Does Kieran Foran's arrival at the club as a 5'8 make Cherry Evans a worse supercoach option in 2021 as to what he was in 2020, in your opinion? I don't think it could be worse. I don't see how it's worse. Do you don't think Manly will split the possession? No. Two reasons. One, Foran, he's too injury prone. He's not going to... Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to get injured, but I don't think he's going to be playing 80 minutes. Okay. So you don't think he starts at six? I think... Isn't he going to start at nine? Isn't there talk he's starting at hooker? I think it's smoke and mirrors from Dez. Well, look, if he starts at six, I'd love to see him play well because, honestly, before... He had all these injuries. Foran was one of my favourite players at six. And him and Cherry Evans was just such a great combination, like winning 2011 Grand Final, both really young at that stage. Mm-hmm. It's great to see them play together again. And look, if he does play six, why doesn't that make Cherry Evans there to play? Well, I'm just saying, I don't know. I think Foran, look at Foran's scores last year. I know it's probably inflated because he's the, well, he was the primary playmaker at the Bulldogs outside of Lewis, um, Wakeham as well. His last four scores... Let's, see, let's go his last five scores at the Bulldogs. 87, 55, 57, 76, and 58. Coming against... One of those scores came against uh, the Melbourne Storm, another one, the Canberra Raiders. So, um, I don't know. I just think... I, know, I, I can't see Foran starting at nine. I know that most previews will have him starting at nine, and the NRL.com team list is predicting him to start the year at nine. I think he's played something like 213 first-grade games, and he's never started a hooker. Well, he's look- never even played hooker. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And I suppose if you are an injury-riddled player, 
nine is not a very good spot to hide you. You're gonna have to make forty five tackles a game. <laughs> yeah. And if he's playing at six, you could be correct. Uh, Cherry Evans won't be playing that sort of quarterback halfback role. We love that. Yeah, the quarterback. He won't be touching the ball lots of times a game or as much as he would be without four in there. So look, you could be onto something there. I don't know. I'm just a butler. But looking at, <laughs> again, why, why four? And I think, well, you make a good point about Foran's, I guess his um, injury proneness, if that's a word. Uh, I don't think he's played more than 15 games in a season since 2016 or something like that. So um, even if you are a big fan of Cherry and you think Foran might play a, a hindering sort of role, it's probably not the end of the world because Foran being Foran might break down in... 2021, as he has done for the past five seasons. Yeah, he's a big risk um, for, and just if you want to buy him, I, I suppose if he plays nine, he might rack up some good points, but um, he's not someone I'd be rushing into. Uh, a player I would be thinking about pretty heavily this year is Dylan Walker. Obviously, been in the headlines the last couple of years for a lot of the wrong reasons we won't go into here, but he's very cheap this year, dual position as a centre winger and a 5 8. Uh, your thoughts here? Yeah, I think he's definitely worth a second thought. Um, and again, because I think the manly back line improves, uh, particularly if he is on that left side outside of uh, Kieran Foran, um, obviously, we'll, well, we think he's going to get better service outside Foran as he would have in, in 2020. Uh, no disrespect to Kate Cuss, but Foran is obviously an international player. Um, again, you look at you know other players in the team, they welcome Jason Saab from the Dragons, You know what that means for Ruben Garrick and George Tafura. Guess we have to wait and see the trial form. Yeah, it'd be interesting there. Tafu is obviously like a cult hero at Manly. I don't know personally if he's the sort of player that's he's not going to win you a comp. I wouldn't say Tafua. Sorry, George, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, but Saab has a good boom on him. I'm not sure what happened at the Dragons, how they lost him, but I'd probably be giving him a run on the wing, see what he can do. He's very tall, isn't he? Two meters or something. So yeah, he's a good option in the air. Could be a good buy at two hundred thirty-three thousand. It's not a bad option. Yeah, in terms of super coach, um, you know, cheapies in that centre wing slot. In the past couple of seasons, at least, we've kind of been blessed in the, you know, in terms of Lomax and Bradman Best, who've come through and made good money from um, those shorter quotes. Jason Saab is probably one of the better priced centre wing options in terms of, you know, we think he's going to get some time, uh, an extended run of 40 at some stage in this season. Well, with Tafua, I should mention that he's likely to miss the first month through injury. So that probably does open the door for Saab. And then, therefore, round four he probably look at a price rise. So he may be really worth getting into your team, in Classic at least. Yeah, absolutely. Another man, um, how we haven't mentioned this man yet, is um, probably a poor form on our behalf, but Adam Fanua Blake, obviously their biggest signing, uh, sorry, at the, at the Warriors of the off-season, he, he leaves uh, Manly, and that kind of opens up a big gap in that middle third. Who do you think replaces Fanua Blake's minutes, his output, because he was their forward leader? Well, uh, Josh Alloway, I think he's a good signing from the West Tigers. Uh, we'll get to the Tigers later, but he was probably their best forward last year. He comes to Manly, massive shoes to fill because I thought Adam Fanua Blake was pretty much their enforcer. Yeah, absolutely. So without him, I think Manly going to struggle, to be honest, up front. But Aloe will step in well. He's a very good super coach performer as well. He could be a good option in the front row uh, forward role. Do you think this has a big impact on their team, losing Adam Fanua Blake? Yeah, absolutely. And just as much as it hurts Manly, it probably helps the Warriors tenfold as well because... I know he's a hothead for Neil Blake, and he gets, you know, I think he's had his run ins with, um, you know, issues both on and off the field. But in terms of what he can do for a team, he just brings that aggression and that, um, that no nonsense style of play in that middle third, which teams, that's what they need, right? If they're going to go forward and, you know, players like 
uh, at the Warriors, Harris Tevita and Nicarima are going to you know benefit from his arrival. So big loss for Manly, as you say there. Aloe, he's he's done a job, and I think with Aloe, don't quote me, but I think he's something like 25, 26 years of age, and like he's been around forever, right? Like we just forget that he's still so young in his game. Yeah, he's one of those players. It's, I, th- I feel like West Tigers players kind of just. They're just there sometimes. They haven't done a lot the last couple of years. I know that sounds a bit rude to the Tigers fans, but yeah. I think he might make a name for himself this year being at Manly. In a in a team with a lot of good players around him, he might be able to lift to a new level as well. Yeah, Aloha, just for the record, 25 years of age. And I feel like he's been around in this system since he was about 20. So he's coming into that age where traditionally, at least, front rowers and you know those middle forwards come to ten, uh, no, tend to come into their own. Yeah, so he has a big job. Uh, him and Marty Tapao to fill the void of uh, Adam Fenua Blake. Joel Thompson also departs. He's, he's obviously a great club player, a great clubman. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure he was pretty uh, vital to their culture there at Manly. So he's a big loss on and off the field, I feel, for them. With these two losses, despite the fact they do have some genuine superstars in uh, Tommy T, his brother Jake, and DCE, I. I personally don't think they'll make the finals, just on the strength of other rosters. Uh, yeah. Do you have a different view? I think they improve. I don't think Des can let them flail around at 13th, and I don't think he will. I think, you know, you look at their records over the past, well, almost two decades now, right, since, uh, you know, Des has been involved in that club. I think they've, you know, barely missed the finals. They were one of the powerhouses of the competition alongside the Melbourne Storm for a long time. So if anyone can uh, find the Seagulls' feet, I think it'll be Des Hasler. That's all we have time for on the first of our four season preview podcasts. Coming up next, it will be the St. George Illawarra Dragons, the West Tigers, the Warriors, and the Gold Coast Titans, arguably the most exciting team heading into 2021. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 